This is the Insecurity Brief podcast. It features tech news and analysis throughout the world. This podcast is made possible through advertising and listeners like you. If you can't donate, please share this program. We depend on you. Good morning, it's Monday, and we really appreciate you joining us. Remember that if you could, please share this on social media or email it to your friends. Either one, it works well for us. This morning, U.S. government pushes porn. There's a new attack surface on Windows using Linux. And Netgear has a new flaw. I found this story kind of funny. It was titled United States of Porn in Sec News, which is a Greek website. They have an English button and you can read uh, the security news on their site in English. And it was supposedly a repost from Bleeping Computer, but it couldn't find the link. Uh, maybe I'll throw it in the show notes. Over the past, what they put is in their uh, post was over the past year we have seen many government websites with .gov and .mil domains hosting pornographic and spam content such as Viagra ads. One security researcher noticed that all these sites share a common software vendor. Security researcher Zach Edwards has identified the issue with these .gov and MIL domains is using a common product provided by LasherFile. LasherFile provides services to the FBI, the CIA, and Ministry of Finance of the United States, which is really funny because the United States is coming from Greek. They must mean the IRS because <laughs> we don't have a Ministry of Finance that I'm aware of. Well, maybe they know something and the American people don't. The Army and many other government bodies. The software product called Lasher for Forums contains a vulnerability that's allowed malicious individuals to promote malicious and unwanted content on reputable government sites. I like their definition of what's a reputable government site, too. Edwards has been tracked for the flaw for more than a year and has found it on websites by U.S. Senator John Tester and the Minnesota National Guard redirects users to Viagra product pages. He has released a video demonstrating this vulnerability, and I'll see if I can get that in show notes as well. Um, Lashifer file is launching a cleaning tool, but not all versions have been fixed. Uh, you can read about this in the show notes, and <laughs> it's too funny. <laughs> Bleeping Computer was reporting that AT&T lost over $200 million in seven years to illegal phone unlocking scheme. 
they reported a Pakistani fraudster was sentenced to 12 years in prison earlier this week after AT&T, the largest telecommunication company, lost over $200 million after he and co-conspirators coordinated a seven-year scheme that led to fraudulent unlocking of almost 2 million phones. Through the operation, Mohammed Fad, the scheme leader, bribed multiple AT&T employees to do his bidding, including unlocking phones, giving him access to their credentials, and installing malware that gave him remote access to the mobile carrier's servers. Beginning in 2012, Fahad 35 conspired with others to recruit AT&T employees at a call center located in Bothell, Washington, to unlock a large number of cell phones for profit, the Department of Justice said. Fahad recruited and bribed AT&T's employees to use their AT&T credentials to unlock phones for ineligible customers. Oh my goodness, somebody bought a phone and they have it and they're not allowed to unlock it because they owe the carrier money on their cell service. Oh my goodness. The whole thing with the cellular companies is they they believe that you are their property. I'll tell you, I use I use this company to like sidestep paying AT&T and Verizon. And what these companies did a while back was they they convinced Congress that they didn't need to be regulated and they would offer month-to-month contracts for third parties to resell their stuff. Yeah. So I have like Verizon, okay? So for a while, what was going on is I'd be in, I have an unlimited account, meaning I have unlimited minutes, unlimited talk, unlimited SMS, and so much data. That's what I pay for. And I buy it by the year. So it comes out to about $22 a month. So I would, for probably about six months, I was running over the amount of time allotted each month. Okay. How do you un- run over the amount of time when you're paying for unlimited? Yeah, that sounds like they you weren't paying for unlimited. They are scheming you. Well, but yeah, but the company was actually getting scammed by Verizon because Verizon was shutting me off saying that I was over the number of minutes and they were encouraging me to use data, um, which I wasn't using on my phone as much. So I started using Google Voice to avoid getting kicked off of the voice part. So now, get this, this is what happens. Not only does my cell service stink, and I've understood that everybody's cell service stinks now with 5G. Um, You know, I don't have cell service in my house anymore. I used to. But, um, and it's not just my phone. I talk to people all over the place, Florida, California, Texas, Minnesota. Everybody's phone is doing the same thing. So now what happens when I try to make a call, 
Verizon says, gives me a recording. It says, my phone is not authorized to make my, please call uh, my carrier. Wow. And the, it, it, and these companies are pulling this crap. What do you think about this AT&T thing anyway? I mean, the story itself. Well, it's nasty. I mean, it's it's one thing that the the guy was a fraudster. Yeah. And and he it was over two hundred million in damage in damages that they sued for because. But it's it's also nasty that he was able to recruit so many members of AT and T's staff to help him do the to perpetrate the fraud. So you know, it just goes to show that you know, these people that are in this trusted role and they can be compromised for money because then even when AT&T um, issued a higher level of security for the locking and unlocking, then he still found a way to like compromise their network and install malware and still get in and steal credentials and enlist other AT&T workers to do this fraud with him. So... Yeah, and we don't know at what rate of pay these workers were either because that's not discussed or disclosed most of the time. And a lot yeah. of these people are not paid worth crap. I mean, you know, yeah. minimum wage and somebody offers a minimum wage employee 500 bucks. Oh, yeah, I'll do it. You know, um, yeah. it, it's not like it's huge amounts. It, it used to be that, you know, when you had employees that came with loyalty when you paid them real rates and you had an $80,000 hour year employee, they're not going to steal from the hand that feeds them. But when you're paying, doing the same work and you're paying two people somewhere around thirty dollars or $15,000 a piece, um, it's easier to compromise the two than it would be the one that you had previously. Yeah. So loyalty comes with a price. And by cutting the price, you cut down on the loyalty. Yeah. And the guy was able to do this operation for many years. Yeah. And like, I don't, you know, the, the damages that they do. And the other side of it, too, is the unlock part of this. Because, um, you know, unlocking the phone, I don't know if, you guys realize this, but when you buy a piece of hardware, it doesn't belong to you. Windows was trying to sue people for years over um, their operating system being not your property. So when you buy a box and it has Windows on it, Windows license says that it's not yours. And AT&T and Verizon locked their phones down so that you couldn't switch them between carriers, but they're using the same you know, there's no reason if they're all using LTE or CDE, what difference does it make what carrier we're on? Yeah. And then um, in the story, so the people would buy the phone and because it would become unlocked by the guy, they wouldn't have to keep paying for the phone itself cost. And that's how come the damages were so high for AT&T. Right, because, because they were all, using it was all that loss of revenue of the of the of the actual phone the phone itself cost. Yeah, that but what they were out on. Yeah, but what AT and T was doing in that was a legal legal quote unquote extortion scheme, 
because you weren't allowed to use the equipment if you don't pay all the way for it. So they're locking the phone down and you found they found a way to circumvent the lock so that they could switch carriers and keep the $600 piece of hardware that they sold yeah. for $4,000 over time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty schemey. It's schemey all the way through. Hacker News wrote a story the other day. Third critical bug affects Netgear smart switches. Details and POC released. They wrote, in new details have been revealed about the recently remediated critical vulnerability in Netgear smart switches that could be leveraged by an attacker to potentially execute malicious code and take control of vulnerable devices. The flaw's got some great names here. The flaw dubbed Seventh Inferno VSS score of 9.8 is part of a trio of security weaknesses called the Demon's Cries CVSS score 9.8 and Draconian Fear CVSS score 7.8 that Google security engineer Gwendolyn Coldwind reported to the network storage and security solution provider. The disclosure comes just weeks after Netgear released patches to address its vulnerabilities earlier this month on September 3rd. Successful exploration of demons cries and draconian fear could grant malicious party the ability to change the administrator password without actually having to know the previous password or hijack the session bootstrapping information resulting in a full compromise of the device now in a post sharing technical specifics about seventh inferno Coldwind noted that the issue relates to a new, new inline injection flaw in the password field during the web UI authentication, effectively enabling the attacker to create a fake session files and combine it with a reboot denial of service attack and post authentication shell injection to get fully a fully valid session and execute any code as a root user, thereby leading to a full device compromise. The reboot DOS is a technique re designed to reboot the switch by exploiting the new line injection to write into a different kernel configuration. Yeah, the, the Netgear thing is, you know, and this is a thing that annoys me about the tech community and regular big media is that these switches are out in the wild and there's no, uh, no notification to update this stuff that's sitting in some rack you know, um, yeah. unless you're, unless you are 
up on your field and you know that these are deployed and you know that there's an update pending for them, you they sit in the field forever. And most of the smaller networks, I mean, you know, regular tech services will sell these up, updated pieces of quit of equipment, deploy it to the field, and then never touch it again. Yeah, forget about it. Forget about it. Yeah, forget about it. You know, forget about it. You know, and, you know, it only takes one thing in the 300 devices that are in a network to compromise the entire network. Absolutely. So these code names that the guy came up with, he named it Netgear's vulnerabilities, Demon Cries, <laughs> Draconian Fear, and Seventh Inferno. <laughs> well, so, because, so what do you think? Because it's a complete takeover of the device. Yeah, but what do you think? What do you have the... Uh... I think that the guy is probably uh, goes to Renaissance fairs. I think he's probably gothic. <laughs> yeah, I think he's a goth. <laughs> he hides from the sun. Yeah. He's one of those guys. He definitely lives in a basement. <laughs> or he blacks out the windows. Something like that. He might look like Dracula. I'm not sure. Hey, we got to watch that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Hey, I'm Trip. I hope you have a great day. I'm honey. Okay, cool.